It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who is the best quarterback in the NFL? Well, we're going to begin ranking them in order today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joe, happy Kyle goes to the beach now. So we record a few (laughs) shows in advance of travel day to you. You just spent all of last week at the beach. How was it? We didn't really even talk about the beach this past week. All you're going was the weather better. Uh, no, it was good. Yeah. It was warmer for sure. It was a little bit of rain. That's always expected at the beach, but good time with the fam got away, actually didn't have to work this time, which was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, excited for you to get a little time away here. Yeah. A couple days. So it's, uh, it's Monday on your podcast and YouTube channel feed. It's the end of the week, the previous week, and we are going to talk quarterbacks and make some people angry. That's kind of just the nature of the beast with uh, the discussion of ranking quarterbacks. We are not tiering quarterbacks. We have tiered the quarterbacks. We've put them in all of the rosterable assignment slots and cornerstones and quality starters and adequate starters and so on and so forth. But um, we actually ranked these one through 32, Joe, because it was important for us to have that definitive ranking in order to properly weight the positional value of the quarterback position when we're doing our full roster ranking. So it's a little bit different beast to grade these quarterbacks. So we have the list one through 32 and we're covering the top dogs today on the show. That's our objective. QB one start at the top, the best of the best, the elite of the elite. It's be a big suspenseful moment for everybody. It's Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the most instinctive football player I've ever watched. I think he's the only true scheme transcendent quarterback in the league right now. That's my flowers to give him. You could put him in any offense with largely any any supporting cast, unless you're a team that's deliberately trying to have a transition and tear down is going to have at least one player that Patrick Mahomes would be able to utilize and have a very high potent offense with six AFC championship games in a row. It's been to three Super Bowls, won two of them. 
He's been in the league for, I think, six years. <laughs> Absolutely incredible stretch to start his career. And, and what he was able to do last year without Tyreek Hill is just really impressive, right? You take away a, a component of the offense like that and say, here's Juju Smith-Schuster instead. Go make it work. And he did. <laughs> and he did. He's unbelievable. Well, and this this was also to continue just the flowers here and talking about being a transcendent player. Do you remember the offensive line the year they went and lost to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl? Now they lost the Super Bowl, but but nevertheless an offensive line that as of December 2nd of that season was Eric Fisher, Nick Allegretti, Daniel Kilgore, Andrew Wiley at guard and Mike Remmers at right tackle pretty sure both those tackles were hurt for the Super Bowl game too. Uh yeah, you had um Duvernay Tardif was had opted out. Mitchell Schwartz was on IR at that stage and then Eric Fisher missed the the Super Bowl. So that in your backups were Yasir Durant, Austin Ryder, Martinez Rankin, won the AFC. <laughs> Just Absolutely bananas. Oh, by the way, the wide receivers that were not Tyreek Hill were Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hartman, Marcus Kemp <laughs> on the active roster. Byron Pringle. Who was the running? Like, it was uh, Damian Wilson and Edwards Alaire. Yeah, and Le'Veon Bell was there at that oh, point. Le- oh, LaShawn McCoy, right? Super Bowl champion. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So that, that's, um, I think that's the great testament for Mahomes. And anytime you have a player who not only elevates the play of those around him, but can transcend norms with deficient groups or, or groups that don't stack up against the best of the best for your supporting cast and the supporting cast. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but to some degree it's mitigated that puts you in a tier of your own. And we've seen other quarterbacks do that in different ways, right? You think about Tom Brady and his pre-snap opportunities and always getting into the right play and just how consistently he processed. Like there was an argument there that he was kind of a scheme transcendent player. You obviously saw him leave and go to a different place in Tampa and want a Super Bowl, but it took a little time for him to get comfortable. That's for me. I think Mahomes is the only scheme transcendent player in the league or scheme transcendent quarterback in the league. Shall we move on to number two where things get a little bit more interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And we obviously, when we did the roster assessments, we skipped over a lot of the in-depth quarterback talk. You'll get some of that here. Yeah. But number two, we have Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, two healthy seasons, one Super Bowl, two AFC championship appearances as a team. Um, special player, right? There's a calmness about him. There's an accuracy. Um, obviously, he's got great receivers, and he does a great job of taking advantage of them and throwing really accurate footballs for them to go make a play on just really good decision-making processing speed. I mean, he's, he's really special and um, his story is awesome. And I mean, what this guy's done since that last year at LSU until now, I mean, he's playing quarterback as good as anyone out there. Yeah. It's about a, what? 69% completion percentage. And he's thrown for like 9,000 yards the last two seasons. I mean, it's, You've dealt with injuries in that stretch. You've dealt with bad offensive line play in mm-hmm. that stretch. I mean, you talk about the offensive line, that Cincinnati offensive line, the year they went to the Super Bowl. They obviously spent and invested big time there. And I, I just think he's – the cerebral part of Joe's game is, I think, his, his greatest superpower. 
And I think that would be a fun separate conversation mm. talking about the superpowers of all these quarterbacks. But if you ask me, Joe, and, and what makes Joe such a special player, I think it's uh, you, you talked about Mahomes being so instinctual, but I, I think there's a pre-snap component to Joe that is going to set him up for a lot of success and consistently be in, in the position to make the right play. Well, and I, I think the, the greatest evidence of that is how different Joe Burrow is than the other quarterbacks that are in the top five. Right. Or, I mean, really, I mean, bunch of physical, <laughs> bunch of physical freaks. And then Joe, who's a above average athlete with above average arm strength, but really special accuracy and instincts to get that done. Number three, Josh Allen, quarterback, Buffalo Bills. Um, player I've certainly enjoyed a lot over the last several years and his ascension as a top-tier quarterback. Can't imagine why, Joe. Can't imagine why. He, he plays really a game a little different than these other guys too, right? I mean, just a, a, a dual-threat quarterback, unlike a lot of what we've seen in the NFL, because usually dual-threat means runner that can throw. I think Josh and his uh, his ascension as a passer has really – made him a unique player in the lens of, of the entire NFL. And uh, obviously there's been a lot of team success, not quite to the level of Burrow and Mahomes who have won the AFC. Um, Allen's gotten to one AFC championship game. And I think that's kind of the the question that we're wondering is, okay, is, is that moment coming for Josh Allen, right? Where he can kind of have the big breakthrough. I, I, I tend to don't think he's going to be denied for his entire career. Um, but I think that's certainly part, part of his story right now that we're wondering is you know when does that breakthrough happen from Josh Allen? He's turns he's twenty seven, right? He's he's still plenty young, but yeah, a dynamic player that um, I think there's still a lot of good football left for him. This this and I don't know that we've necessarily talked about this, but Josh feels like the closest thing to Elway. Like there's been a lot of like big bodied, strong arm, athletic quarterbacks. Yeah, But if, if I just thought like who John Elway was as a quarterback in that era of the game and you tried to transplant that to today, mm-hmm. it feels like Josh is the closest thing to what Elway would have been. It took John Elway some time too, didn't it? To Last have his breakthrough. Yeah. 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 Come on, Josh. Give it to us a little quicker, if you will. <laughs> Joe's going to be on. a couple stressful years if, if the Bills got to wait that long with Josh Allen. But yeah, um, that that's I think that's the testament of of all of the freakish players, I think Josh is probably the most freaky for the components of size, athleticism, and arm strength that he brings to the table. All right, we got a bunch more great quarterbacks to talk to here. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Folks, it is so easy to create a free job posting over at LinkedIn Jobs. Once you do, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your company's hiring. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So those were the elites. I think when we started this conversation, Joe, and we, we ranked them just before we started recording, it was very easy to put Patrick at the top. And then the conversation was, okay, who's two and who's three? And then from there, it kind of expands out. Those were three guys that were obviously roster cornerstones. We had more franchise cornerstones that were assigned as quarterbacks. And um, there's one, one, two, three, four of those, plus a player that was an incomplete evaluation for a team that got really mad at the lack of roster cornerstones that we gave them when we did their their roster breakdown. But um, how those five, I think the next tier, is five guys deep and it's how you stack them within the tiers. There are a mini divide within the tier. We think that there is, and we would start with, with another two really dynamic, big armed athletic quarterbacks. You want to say their names, Justin Herbert, Los Angeles chargers. And then uh, Jalen hurts at the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the separation between the two is, how consistent Herbert has been as a passer throughout his career versus Jalen Hurts continuing to develop in that regard. Now, I think Jalen Hurts took massive steps forward. It obviously helps when you get A.J. Brown as the dynamic. We have him as a top five quarterback. If, if anybody pushes back on Correct. this. Correct, like, yeah. So please, chill. please please, get upset that Jalen Hurts <laughs> is, is ranked fifth. Um, I think there's the, – the Herbert one's fascinating because – and maybe I'm experienced to more of it as somebody who – I'm always subjected to that Herbert tongue of Aloha dynamic on social media with my timeline, but it seems like there's a very large obsession with Herbert and uh, raw production versus the value of how the production is being created. But I think Herbert operates at a very high level as a traditional dropback passer while still having a dynamic of athleticism and acknowledging that the coaching staff that he has worked with the past few years has not really put him in a position to be successful, to be the best version of himself, I should say. Right, and I'm excited for Kellen Moore to take over that offense and I think lead to more t- more success, right? Just more success. I think that's the word I'm looking for because uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody statistically has been better than Justin Herbert to start a career, right? In the history of playing quarterback in the National Football League, Justin Herbert is rewriting the record books as, as we speak. And I mean, it's not just the statistics. I mean, watch him play. He's a guy that um, I feel like as you consider the idea of that quarterback playing against your team, you get very nervous. You realize that that guy's different and that he can make you wrong when you're right. And he's just got so much dynamic ability that um, I'm excited for him to see things stabilize around him better in terms of the scheme I mean, hopefully defensively they can take take a step here as well. But, you know, he's in a tough spot in that AFC West. Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere, right? And so mm-hmm. um, we'll see We'll see if the tides can change it all. But Herbert's special, man. Jalen Hurts is special too, obviously. You know, a couple seasons as a starter, um, getting that team to the Super Bowl, how he played in that Super Bowl, earned him that contract, man. And 
I mean, both teams should be really happy about what they have at that position moving forward. I feel like Hertz. Would it be fair to say Hertz presents you with the most mathematical challenges to defend him? Because of his running skill? Yes. Like, obviously, the passing strength is the passing strength. The um, the scheme that they operated within last year was was really, really effective. But kind of the catalyst that makes Hertz so challenging is the numbers deficiency you're consistently facing in the run game. Yeah. That then creates these one-on-ones that once you're comfortable within where your receivers are supposed to be and you have chemistry with them on where to throw the ball, I think that's where you really saw it take off. So I think that for, you know, we're, we're trying to acknowledge the best parts of all of these guys as we're working our way through. And for me, Hertz, it's the mathematical challenge that he presents in trying to defend him in the midst of those other passing weapons between Godert and AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and an offensive line that you've got a big, powerful runner in Jalen Hurts who can also do that damage passing the football. How many more you want to get to here in this segment? You want to introduce these next three? Uh, yeah, I, I think the if we can, because segment three is identified as quality starters. So I think if we get through the, all the cornerstone grades that we gave out as far as what those rankings look like, that would probably be a logical spot. So that was... We had within the fringe elites bucket, there was a, t- a separation, right? And we felt that Herbert and Hertz were separated from the rest of the guys that we're going to go through now. Which are Dak Prescott from the Cowboys. Six. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Jaguars Seven. fans. Seven. And Aaron Rodgers, who is now the quarterback of Eight. the Jets. Those those are the last of this fringe elites bucket. Top 25% of the league, right? Dak, kind of, there's elements of Jalen Hurts. I think he, the player Dak Prescott was versus the player that Dak Prescott is, I think is a really nice embodiment of continued evolution. I feel like I talk about that every time we talk about Dak, but he's not the same player he was when he came into the league. The the, the, uh, perception of a, game manager his rookie season to the point where they threw the ball all over the yard. Now, I think the thing to to be mindful of with Prescott is the coaching change and what that offensive system will allow him to do to continue to maximize what he does well. But he operates as a pocket passer now at a degree in which I never would have imagined possible watching him play for Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Right. We've also got Trevor Lawrence in this bucket. And I mean, the way he turned it on last year with Doug Peterson was really exciting and started to play some really good football, good situational football, making big throws in big moments. Obviously the number one pick a, a player that was like a wire to wire, number one pick type guy. Right. And I think he's shown that promise and I I'm sure that he has nowhere to go, but up. Right. I mean, this is one of those guys that I think if you're considering starting a team, right, like very high on the list of quarterbacks you'd like to have and pairing him with Doug Peterson with, you know, I think a really good supporting cast now with Calvin Ridley now part of the mix and the additions they made last year and Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and 
how Travis Etienne has showed up. You know, we're hopeful this offensive line can come together for them, but I think Trevor Lawrence is showing everybody very quickly why he was the number one pick. I have a take. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will be at least multiple spots higher than seventh next year when we do this. I was sitting here thinking about that the entire time. I can see him jumping Dak. Uh, that's that's the one that stands out to me as the easiest jump. It's a little bit more more stingy after that. I think. Yeah, it is. But Buddy literally cut his interceptions in half on effectively the same amount of pass attempts. Completion percentage went up 7%, right? And I think the growth that is going to be catapulted off of, you know, it, Staying in the Doug Peterson system with Dak Prescott, obviously. I mean, not for nothing with Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts lost his offensive coordinator and Shane Steichen. So Justin Herbert's playing in a new system. I don't think Justin Herbert's that much more physically gifted than Trevor Lawrence. Do you? No. He'll pass Dak and at least one of those other two guys. That's my really. Yeah. I think he's. I, I'll go one. I'll go one. I I think he's gonna be real good. I'm sure he is, man. You you had my head spinning there. So much around him was better in year one to year two. I mean, Urban Meyer was the coach, man. Like what? Right. What was that? Right. They they he the po- sweeping he, changes couldn't have been better. He legit posted the Peyton Manning rookie season type of rookie season. Yeah. Some of that's good for a reason to not yeah. not panic, right? Yeah, and then obviously bounce back the way they did. And then Aaron Rodgers is the last one in this bucket, and, and this is to some degree legacy, right? I think we would all acknowledge Aaron Rodgers last year was not the eighth best quarterback in football, Mm-mm. significantly worse. I would say significantly worse than that. He's probably another eight spots down on the list based off of his play last year, right? But, but when you consider the full body of work. You consider coming back with a coach that he seems to want to be with when you consider being backed by a, a sturdy defense with the Jets. Um, what the Jets invested in him, I, I think, Joe, you made a really good argument when we did the Jets discussion to say, hey, look, they, they've put him at the center of their, cor- of their franchise, which means he's a roster cornerstone. But he has the most questions out of anybody that's in this stratosphere of quarterback play, and because of that, he landed at the bottom of these rankings in that regard. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he looks like because I think all of Aaron Rodgers' issues last year could be brought back to one word, and it's trust. Whether it was the scheme, the protection, the players he was throwing it to, like he just didn't play good football. Does that change now that he's you would? You think things are more stable around him with the Jets? It's going to go one of two ways, right? Yeah. It's either all going to get better or it's all going to get worse right. <laughs> than what it was last year. All right. The uh, the next tier is coming up here in just a moment. But, folks, first, I need to tell you about Bird Dogs, and I absolutely love their shorts. I love their joggers. They simply make you look good. They have these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thighs and through your leg to give you that sculpted look. They fit so much better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed the issue. They invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit. You don't have to sacrifice movement. Folks have been at the beach two of the last three weeks. The Bird Dogs have been my go-to. You know, I'm out there. It's hot. It's a lot of humidity. But that material that they have and the way that they're designed just make it perfect 
for that type of environment. And they also have this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Here Spin it is. It around. It's awesome. It around. Trying to find the logo. There hey. it is. <laughs> That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. We did all the cornerstones plus Trevor Lawrence, who I think we kind of answered our question. Is he a cornerstone or is he just a quality starter right now with the sample size? I think we answered that probably. The fact that he wasn't at the bottom of that list. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven quarterbacks to get to. Yep. It's going to be tough. We're calling this the quality starter section of these rankings that they're all these are all quality starters so from our thought process if you wanted to rearrange them in any order you would have a legitimate argument to make right yeah because they're all in the same bucket i think this is this and the group that we're going to start with tomorrow was the most closely congested challenging to separate because it's the bell curve, right? You have the the far elites. You have the very few, like, really, really high liability quarterbacks. And the vast majority of the distribution, for us not being math guys, how's that we're talking about bell mm-hmm. curves on the show, is in the middle. Standard deviations, Joe. Of course, you know, 98% within two standard deviations of. Yeah. You want to get the Pythagorean <laughs> theorem next or what, man? Christ. All right. Anyway, Lamar Jackson's. <laughs> QB nine, our highest rated um, quality starter. And this comes down to two things, right? It comes down to health and it comes down to a scheme change. When you have both of those questions, there's no question. We saw what the peak was as a NFL MVP in 2019. How close can you get back to that? How ready is your supporting cast going to be to help you do it? How ready are you to play a different style of football? Like, there's a lot of fascinating questions, and I think those are the reasons you keep him out of the bucket. Lamar Jackson's the most explosive quarterback in the NFL. That's the superpower. Number 10, Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. Last year was rough. Everything in L.A. last year was rough. I mean, even Stafford had some injuries that he dealt with, and his entire supporting cast was injured. Cooper Cup went down. It's a tough year for L.A., but we're also very mindful of everything that happened before <laughs> last right. season, and, and that's going to apply differently for players um, throughout the next few that we're going to get to. But, you know, I, I'm Matthew Stafford, like – historically good to start his career. Like the first quarterback ever to reach a lot of different thresholds, obviously winning the Super Bowl, getting away from Detroit last year was, was big for him. Uh, But, you know, I I feel like for a long time, Matthew Stafford has been maybe overlooked as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And uh, 
Um, looking for him to bounce back. Obviously, the, the Rams have made a big commitment to him, uh, not only with the trade, but the contract that they've given him. And so, we're, you know, we're going to see how his career evolves this year and next, obviously. Um, but we weren't quick to dismiss everything based on last year because the previous however many years were really, really good. Yeah, I, I think there's a especially in comparison to the next few guys, I think there's a dynamic ability here too. He's not as robotic as Kirk or Jared Goff or Derek Carr, which are, I'll spoil it, the next three names on our list, right? Um, There's the football IQ that you see in instances of Manipulating zone defenses. We all remember that no look pass in the Super Bowl that that moved. Who was it? Logan Wilson two zip codes over yeah. to, to create a throwing window um, in a high clutch situation. Stafford's always been a clutch player uh, with the ball in his hands late in games, and you know I, I I think it's a shame to some degree that the discussion with Matt Stafford was one healthy year in Los Angeles after all the years in Detroit where they could just never get it right around him. And I think it's easy to gloss over what happened in Detroit because he played in Detroit. Let's not gloss over what he was the year that he was healthy and the Rams had some level of competency. And I think they will be competent offensively this year, which is a separation from what they were, especially without Cooper Cup last year. Kirk? Yeah, it's <laughs> Kirk you kind of go through this bucket of 11, 12, 13 being Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Derek Carr. For what it's worth, I did fight for two over Derek Carr, but I just I had to jump in there and acknowledge that two is fourteen. Okay, <laughs> so everyone's gonna get get that spoiler Kirk, as well. Kirk, Kirk Cousins next. Um, who was it? Cameron Jordan at the Pass Rush Summit who said Kirk's gonna do what you're supposed to do and he's gonna throw the ball where it's supposed to be thrown. And I'm paraphrasing here. There's there's a certain level of romance with outside of structure that Kirk's never going to scratch that itch for you, right? It's just never going to be who he's been. But I do think operating within the confines of your offense and how you're supposed to execute, Kirk is very, very good at consistently executing plays and making reads and progressions based on what it looks like on the chalkboard versus what you get on the football field. You just have to execute so that he can execute. He's not a scheme transcendent player. He's not a talent transcendent player. But he's very, very, very high floor in my mind. I can appreciate the way he plays. Jared Goff, I think we've talked a lot about him, probably as much as any quarterback, but like go back and look at what he did with with the Rams and how he's coming together for the Lions. I mean, this guy's been really consistently productive, and I feel like he's the punching bag for a lot of like quarterback discussion. But I'm not quick to overlook the resume in two different spots. And the fact that like he had a little bit of a lull in his career and, and came back out of it like last year with Detroit. So um I'm glad you said that. I feel like this entire bucket from eleven to fourteen. The Kirk Goff Carr tongue of Aloha bucket, I think, is the bucket of guys that get like dunked on and clowned on. Yeah. Who it's probably a little misaligned to do so. 
Like these are still top half of the league starting quarterbacks. Yeah. They're skill specific players. They're scheme specific players, but you've seen all of them in environments and in some of them in multiple environments have certain levels of success that you don't think some of these teams down here at the bottom list oh, wouldn't, no wouldn't like to see that kind of quarterback play in production. No doubt. But because, but because they don't crack this group of the top five to six guys, the guys at 11, 12, 13, 14 get, get clowned on consistently and frequently, which is crazy to me. Derek Carr, number 13 to the Saints. Um, excited to see how this looks, right? I mean, obviously last year wasn't good with McDaniels, but really great career prior to that with different schemes. Um, big transition ahead for him. But I think there's there's at least that baseline level. There's some intangibles there that you really like from Derek Carr. He's physically gifted in terms of arm talent. I mean, I think he's I think he's a good solid starting quarterback. I think the concern that I have with with Derek is has the statistical regression of the last two seasons is that an embodiment of him getting Little, and look, I understand he threw for 4,800 yards in 2021. I get that. But he also attempted more than 100 pass attempts than he did in his previous two seasons when he had that 4,800 yards. There's been the influx in turnovers the last few years, 28 interceptions during the last two, ser- two years. Is that something that is a cloud on the horizon that's going to get bigger or was that simply an aberration with the Raiders where you're going to see him go to a new system and perform better? That's the question that I have for Derek Carr. I don't know confidently whether or not he's a descending player or not. And that was one of my primary arguments, Joe, when you and I talked in the pre-show about Tua versus Derek Carr as an ascending player versus a descending player. So those are just the questions that I have with Derek, but Yes, he he fits right in this conversation with Cousins and Goff as guys that can give you quality quarterback play if you give them the opportunity to execute drop back passing. Which gets us to two at, at number 14. Nope. And Most like you mentioned, guy on the list today. He is, man. Um, you could I mean, statistically two has always been a very good quarterback, right? And and even last year, the the stretch that he had. Like was it the the middle of the season? Like the Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston stretch was just unbelievable, and even his second game against my, uh, Buffalo, I thought he played very well. Um, it's just about. I mean, here's the funny thing about Tua, dude. He started 36 games to this point, or he's yeah. appeared in 36 games. I mean, he barely he's barely had two years of starting experience, and 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 the the dynamics that he's dealt with. I mean, holy crap! Everything from just a the clown Watson, coaching Watson situation. Stuff. Yeah. Never, never really like the guy was picked number five, but you never really felt like Flores wanted him. He's in and out of the lineup with Fitzpatrick, weird players around him. They finally get things stable and the guy plays great football last year. What does it look like moving forward? I mean, he, you want to talk about a guy that's a chance to climb the list. It's Tua. Yeah, and I, I think that the biggest thing with Tua is not trying to make too much happen. And I think some of the guys in front of him are like the inverse of that. Yeah. Or you think about like Kirk, Kirk and, and Derek Carr. I'd love to see a little bit more of that from Tua. I think the biggest blockade for that for Tua to this point has been you go back to Alabama, dude was in quarterback battles every year. 
Yeah. What, like when you talk oh, about the, the coaching change, like his seventh offensive coordinator in the last six years, but then also he had the quarterback battle with Jalen Hurts. He had the being yanked for the bullpen for fit several times by Flores' rookie season and then dealt with before the trade deadline, all the Deshaun Watson stuff, right? Just constantly looking over his shoulder. You don't think there's a little bit for a young quarterback to be pressing to make big plays? And then finally, he gets in the system last year, and you are you don't have to be afraid of third and longs anymore because of the explosive receivers mm-hmm. that you have. Just get the ball out of your hands, protect yourself a little bit, right? Like, I, I want to see a little bit more of that kind of eye-roll-inducing element of the other guys to avoid taking hits and, and avoiding sacks and negative plays. Give me that for this play mm-hmm. because I think it will make him better in the long run because then you're going to be on the field more. Uh, certainly, again, a player that I think could climb a bunch. And then uh, number 15, the last quarterback we're going to get into today is Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I mean, just you would have told anybody at the start of the year last year that when we rank quarterbacks going into the next season, Geno Smith's going to be 15th. I think that would have been a surprise. But to his credit, he earned it with how he played last year. And I'm anxious to see how it evolves in year two um, with, with him kind of being the guy, but he's been there for a while, man. Like he's pretty familiar with it, with what's going on. Yeah. And, and so I, I think you're going to see something reasonably close to what he delivered this past year. Um, but really fun story. And I think, I think we've all found ourselves kind of rooting for Geno Smith at this point. Yeah. Fairy tale. Like that's, it's not the the Kurt Warner bagging groceries to right. starting in the Super Bowl story, but it ain't far off for what he was and what his expectation was in West Virginia. And then he goes to the Jets and bounces around the league a little bit um, and then takes that opportunity last year and performs really well. And Seattle makes the playoffs after trading Russell Wilson for all the draft capital. And um, I think the sample size is probably the biggest hurdle for him. I mean, if he repeats, I think he's another guy that, well, especially if if Matthew Stafford doesn't age well and deals with injuries again, and we, we mentioned Derek Carr is maybe a regression candidate based on the last two years with ball security and him playing in a new offense, like I could see Geno being a little higher mm-hmm. next year too. They the biggest, and this is going to be a great segue to your close. The biggest challenge to Geno ascending is the players underneath him that are going to be nipping at his heels that are young and mm. have you know a lot of upside to him. Mm. Well done. Joe, and that's that's where we're going to leave things off here for this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Tomorrow, we're doing the back half of the league, 16 through 32, ranking, not tiering, ranking the starting quarterbacks across the NFL. So come on back and see us. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.